0: Our projections show that by the year 2025, not only America, but the entire planet will be under the protection and the dominion of this power alliance. The gains have been substantial, both for ourselves and for you, the human power elite. (laughs) You have given us entree to the resources we need in our ongoing quest for multidimensional expansion. And in return, the per capita income of each of you here tonight has grown, and this year alone, by an average 39%. And I've just received word that our forces have won a major victory. The underground terrorist network has been destroyed here on the west coast. We are off crisis alert. The situation is normal again.
1: How you doing, boys? I didn't know you'd been recruited. Welcome aboard.
0: Earth is our stepping stone. You know, you boys really should have dressed for the party. Now you can afford
1: it. I got to tell you, I sure am proud to be here. You seen the whole place? I haven't had a chance to yet. Come on, I'll show you around. You know, I knew me and you had a lot in common.
2: First time we met.
0: Hey, waiter!
3: Thank you, buddy.
2: Excuse me. Where the hell are we? Backstage at the
1: show, boys. I'll admit it is a little funky, but it serves its purpose. How'd you get here? Use one of these little portable jobs? (laughs) I know, we ain't supposed to use them except in cases of emergency, but they're so much fun. (laughs) Now, you think that's something? Take a look
2: at this. Go on. Take a closer look.
0: Attention commuters. Flight Alpha 7 to Andromeda is now ready for boarding. Please step to the transmission platform. That's where they come from. All carry on luggage must be held securely. Thank you for waiting, and we hope you have a pleasant trip.
2: It's the Cinema 9 Podcast with your hosts,
1: Eric Brandstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy, coming to a speaker
2: near you right now. And we're clear for takeoff on the Seven Night Podcast. I'm your masked vigilante for the evening, Michael Govier, along with my pals, Travis Roy, Eric Randstrom, fine human beings, and a bonus guest. Travis, why don't you introduce our guest? I mean, he's he's your guy at the end, and I'm not gonna <laughs> front here. Well, ladies and
4: gentlemen, I'd love to introduce you to Donnie Fucking Richmond from the American Spook Show podcast. Donnie, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no. well, Here, you
1: now. You run our podcast. Go ahead. No, it's been uh, you know I've uh, uh, known known Travis a long, long time. Um, that's it. See you. Goodbye. Thank uh-huh. you, Donnie well, Good show. Good show. Yeah. Great. No, but
4: I say Donnie fucking Richmond, I'm not even kidding. Now uh, uh, that was his nickname. Still is, I imagine. Wow. Um, you you yeah. know you're you know you're somebody when your nickname is just fucking between your first and last name, but that was what we all I called him in uh, film school back at full sale. Yeah. Years I ago. had
1: a shirt that said uh, uh, Donnie fucking Richmond on it. And I actually got that from uh, when I was, let's see, I was 16, something like that. Uh, I was working at a triple A, a AAA baseball team uh, as a bad boy. And there was a guy that came through one of the other players and, he had a shirt that said David fucking Miller. I'm like, I'm still in that.
4: <laughs> so you're telling oh. me you came to film school with that nickname already pre, like ready to go? Because as, yeah. as, yeah. I, I, as far as I knew, it was something that was created then. But you came you know. with that like pre-packaged,
1: Like, yeah, hi, guys, I'm Donnie like fucking Richmond. We're like, yes, we like that. I was that. like, you know what? I'm you not know, at that <laughs> shirt. I just, like he had it, you know, like professionally made or whatever. And I was just like, no, Sharpie on a fucking Hanes T-shirt.
4: <laughs> <You know? laughs> Speaking of professionally made T-shirts, uh, show off what you got there. You're, you're oh, plug, yeah. plug your I podcast, you. the All American yeah, Spook our, Show
1: Horror Podcast. Yeah, this is our these are our threads. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, I joined the uh, joined the podcast in uh, March of this year, uh, but we've been you know been around since October of uh, 2018, and you know we are a horror podcast. Um, uh, our Super Bowl is Halloween, uh, which is coming up. So uh, yeah, we've got. Got yeah, quite a bit of uh, quite a big, quite a big, uh, spectacular seri- series of shows planned. Good, yeah, I that like that. I like that
4: attitude that in July you're thinking, Yeah, uh, Halloween's coming up.
2: <laughs> I like that attitude. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Uh, Anyways, that's awesome. Yeah, Donnie, Donnie, Don. I keep thinking of Donnie Donowitz. I just want to keep saying Donnie Donowitz over and over again. Yeah. Who's Don- I, know I, know, be- I know that
4: name. Who's Donnie Donowitz?
3: It's a, be, the bear Jew, the bear. The oh
4: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> the bear Juden, bear Juden. Yes, yeah. As everyone has heard of the bear Jew. Uh, that guy's, <laughs> is that guy a moron? I mean, is that courageous to say, "Hey, bash me upside the skull"? Is that? I don't like that kind of courage. I'd rather oh, live.
4: The uh, the German dude that like tells him like, uh, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I'd totally be the other." I mean, I, I wouldn't be a Nazi in any situation. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's that, that piece of Oh yeah, I'm giving up everybody. I'm giving up everything. I'm keeping my skull intact.
2: all right well we're gonna talk about not that movie we're gonna talk about they live that'll be the focus of our does it hold up today guy runs a show it's a horror movie podcast so we'll talk more about if it's how horror it is later i'll save that but anyways yeah we're doing they live 1988 john carpenter film's gonna be fun of course cinema nine pod approach.mail.com and you can contact us on all of our favorite social medias make sure the all american spook show follow it connect with it is there any other uh, handles that you want people to know about donnie
1: so they can connect oh uh, we're on twitter uh we're on uh slasher which is a um uh, it's like a, a horror movie well i say it. it's like a horror right now it's an app um but yeah we're we're on slasher we're on slasher. youtube you guys don't know about this app? These two guys? Me and
4: Eric are both like, What is this slasher? Is this Social like find, find victims fact? on your mobile device? What, what is
1: <laughs> yeah. it? Uh, we have very yeah. different Sorry. ideas. Between we're interested for different reasons, me and Eric. Yeah, just like a, uh, it's, think of like Facebook for horror. That's basically what like it is. It's cool have to get okay. on there. Yeah, fun. Hell yeah. That does sound like fun. Cool. Yeah, so we're on the Slasher, uh, you know, um, we're on YouTube. God, there's so many we have a, all, all of them right yeah all basically anywhere you you find your finest podcasts
4: and if, and if you if you like uh, kind of similar thing to what we're doing only maybe a bit more organized and horror <laughs> and horror centric yeah. uh, definitely check out the all american spook show yeah thanks yeah Hell so yes. uh I hope, Donnie, you came with some quarantine viewing picks. We usually uh, discuss at this point in the show yeah. what we've been watching. Do you want to? You want one of us to go first? You want to go first? How do you feel about it?
1: Well, as far as like you know, uh, uh, kind of coming up with with that uh, you know that list, I was kind of confused, and I really should have uh, asked. Was this like? Um, is this more geared towards what we? I guess what I watched during quarantine or like whatever you want i mean generally it's like what we've been watching
4: recently but yeah. gu- guests often will like just kind of like it's more of a here's my chance to recommend what i want to uh, recommend yeah. so whatever you, you know do whatever you want time. Time. Oh, yeah but actually oh. you know
2: the guest usually goes last so i think we oh. should go yeah. first yeah. Yeah. let yeah. him All feel right. comfortable no that's, uh, that's tradition absolutely. rules the day here at the cinema nine yeah. podcast donnie so in that <laughs> yep. tradition ladies and I think gentlemen oh wait, wait 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 real quick Travis, how are you doing are you okay
4: Oh, I'm I'm well. Thank you. I appreciate your 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 kind question. About, about how Manners I'm doing. First, uh, I am I am doing I am doing fine. Thank you. How are you, Michael?
2: Oh, nice Saturday here over in Savannah, Georgia, just outside Savannah. Went to Hilton Head Island today and uh, went to COVID Beach. It was awesome. COVID and Beach. We had a great time. It, was just, <laughs> it looked like one of those you know those photos where you see like a beach for miles and miles of umbrellas and bikinis and people. It looked like something from like the Miami Beach, 1965 or something. It's crazy. i never seen, I have not been at a beach like that. I'm used to like a couple of friends. We find like a secretive beach or like our own hideout on a boat. So it was much different, but it's my nephew's birthday tomorrow. And uh very excited about that. Be nine years old. So that's fun. That's what we're doing here. Eric, how's Griffith, Indiana?
3: It's great. You know, I'm very familiar with Hilton Head Beach. They filmed the Nam sequence in Forrest Gump at that very place, Michael. So... Did they? Well, yeah, they, they absolutely did. Yeah, all around the no Buford sure. County area was was Gump territory. But specifically, that beach was all the Vietnam hey. stuff. So if you're going back, get your camera out and try to match up some shot.
2: I took some photos earlier today. Uh, I wonder if I could see some of that. There's other beaches. And we went to like two different beaches to find parking. That's fascinating. I didn't know that. Wow. Cool. Okay.
3: But I'm good, dude. I, like I told you, I got that job and I negotiated my first salary. I've oh, never that, done that in 40. 40. And I've never like had to like try to get more money out of someone. It was fucking nerve wracking, <laughs> but it was a huge success. And, and yes, I didn't feel great, bad man. about it. Yeah.
4: I, I had a similar situation this weekend where I had to like basically say what I wanted my raise to be. And I'm like uh, um uh I kind of like try <laughs> to like blame someone else for the number I came up with. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. It was tough. Yeah. I'll be uh I'll be teaching in two weeks. So my summer break is just about wrapped up. So I gotta stuff a bunch of movies in while I can.
2: Yes. That's one for our side. The workers are on a roll right now. We're getting favor. We're getting some opportunity. That's pretty right. cool. Pretty, pretty cool. All right. Well, That's, all done. That's the intros. And Donnie, we kind of got your vibe. Are you okay? Are you feeling like maybe yeah, man. not having a good time? No, is yeah, no this is,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, good? No complaints. That's, <laughs> all right.
2: Travis just did an old bit, and it's fucking old. Actually, someone hitting you. Yeah, it's more specific, but whatever. It's still funny. I kind of, yeah.
4: Uh, (laughs) I deliberately went less specific,
3: actually.
2: (laughs) Mr. Taylor wrote that in my eighth grade journal. Is someone hitting you on a, a comment? Eric, imagine you as a teacher or Travis as a teacher. Be like, "Someone hitting writing me? that down is like, you don't really investigate it beyond the comment, though. It's a weird comment to write without, like, actually following up verbally. You
4: know? Yeah, that <laughs> is kind of, when you put it that way.
2: Very lazy. Very lazy. No one was hitting me, by the way. So it's uh, all good, How but...
4: involved in this student's life do I really want to get? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's so all
2: right, dude. Travis Roy, quarantine viewing picks. Take it away.
4: Uh, I've been watching some movies. Um, I believe Mike and Eric and I all watched the same thing. Donnie, I didn't double check with you, but um, I, I believe all three of us watched uh, the documentary Woodstock '99: Peace, Love, oh, and Rage.
3: I missed it. Here I we go. It. So you didn't watch we it, I missed it. What? What are we? You missed it?
4: Did you Did you watch it, Um Mike? Oh hell yeah! I watched it twice.
2: I couldn't. <laughs> oh, I, I was just, like, I couldn't stop watching it. I was like, Donnie, am I you need know, this. You know
4: what we're talking about, Donnie? This this new documentary. Yeah, movie? I'm aware of
2: it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: What'd you think, Mike?
2: Well, the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, there needs to be more mm-hmm. docs and stories told about the late '90s and the early mm-hmm. 2000s." I really yeah. felt that uh, it could be music, but it could also be like pop culture or just society, any of that stuff. I feel like we're not, we don't have enough volume of that. That was my first reaction.
4: Uh, I agree I would recommend um, the last blockbuster again for that reason. I recommended it before on the oh. show. That's a good documentary for 90s early 2000s kind of culture which you know it's fun to it's fun to just stare at yourself in a mirror um, and be <laughs> like ooh our diet industry which is you know what our culture does. <laughs> so yeah I thought it was fascinating man it was far worse than I realized. I mean I remember it happening um but it was significantly worse than I realized. Now I mean people People died at the original Woodstock, and I think it's important to, like, bear in mind, like, there was, like, a not too far where you're at, Eric. There's a, a Bull Island. Um, there was a big – there was a riotous uh, uh, event there in 72, a concert event that also, like, ended in riot and fire and that kind of stuff. So it's not that uncommon in a way. There's also – what was the uh, – that that California um, Rolling Stones show in, like, 68 or 69? You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I can't remember exactly you know, where it was. There's also the Who, the Who had one. Remember the Who, yeah, one, the ass, who, yeah Stampede, yeah. Yeah,
4: and Woodstock itself. One of the things I liked about the Woodstock '99 doc is it like, really drove home that wood Woodstock '69 was not like as idyllic as as we try to remember it. Like, there's, it was filthy then too. Like, so, so in some ways, it really like I don't know. I, I thought the whole thing was contextualized really, really well, and 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 like that like weird, angsty anger of at a time of like. And at the end, the tail end of a time of peace in American history, I thought
3: that was really interesting. What, what was the dumbest band that played at Woodstock? 99. Limp Bizkit. <laughs> okay, right. well, okay no right. test Limp Bizkit.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, they made okay. sense for the event for the for the. Oh, I mean, they band. but they right. yeah they loved it. The people sucked it up, so they oh, were yeah. of the zeitgeist of the, that time, and there's no debate there. But it's still dumb. I agree. Yeah, but yeah. the dumbest band maybe beyond that. Uh, boy, I don't. They run down. James Brown being there is weird. when you look at the rest of the line, <laughs> that was weird. Really...
4: Jewel was weird. There was oh, one yeah. woman on each day. There was like, there was only three women that played like the whole time. That's that it. Was...
2: Cheryl Crow, Lana Forsett and Jewel. That was it. And the rest Aggreg- of it was uh, Moby Agg- bitching too. By the way, Moby bitch is a little too much. I feel like Moby is over contextualizing. Like when he's <laughs> bitching, this is no big spoiler. He complains that his name isn't on like the main sign when people are walking in of all the bad names. There's no yeah. Moby. Like, come on, dude, chill the fucker. Did, did, anyone,
3: did anyone die at the Lilith Fair?
4: To <laughs> my knowledge, no one's ever died at a Lilith fair.
3: I, uh, I, I can't claim
4: to have researched it. Yeah. I, I would have no idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a weird one. I I will say one other thing. You're talking about the contextualization. The mm. first time I watched it, I sucked it up. I was like hoovering it in. The second yeah. time I watched it, I did po- I I had a few nitpicks where I'm like, well, I don't know if they needed to include this and mm. You know, 20, 25 years later, history. This is a historical problem, Travis, you know very well. Like, it just never ends. When we look at stuff 40 years later, it doesn't look the same as it did. Hey, hey, buddy. As it did once upon a time. So when people are commenting and saying, well, look at this. This is what that was. But they're putting it under the lens of the current era. It's easy to do that. Um, I don't know. Uh, There's a few more nitpicks, but I still really 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 recommend it i assume travis that you were also recommending it yeah as well, yeah i because...
4: strongly recommend it i'm looking forward to the other uh docs in the series because it's the first in a series oh, yeah. hbo is doing so I, yeah I, I bill think...
2: simmons did like there's like five or six of them yeah that'll be cool uh but yeah. right. definitely check it out and then i would love to get you guys' opinions donnie everybody what yeah. else we got travis um you know
4: uh i i I took you up on watching The Frighteners from 1996, Eric. Yeah, yeah. what did you think? I, you know, I, I do think it's a, it runs a tick long. Like, yeah. it, it, it it slumps a little bit. But overall, yeah. man, I, I guess I guess it's just as well that we didn't do this on the show because we would have been at loggerheads. I, I'm <laughs> like, what are you talking about? This, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is still, to me, it absolutely still holds up. There's a lot of yeah. CGI that's not so great. But I mean, like, as far as, like, there's only so many, like, 90s, Horror comedies that have a Danny Elfman score that exist, right? There's only so many of those, and I and I'm here for all of them. I love them all, so like, uh, so you know, it's it's in my wheelhouse. I I still like the freighters, the frighteners quite a bit. I also went back and double checked on uh, Christine from 1983, yeah. uh, which I had seen many times as a kid, but I haven't seen and like it was almost like it was new um, to me, um, though I'd seen it like a dozen times when I was younger. And uh, I got to say, man, I think this might be the best directed film that Carpenter did. I, I as far as his camera work does his angles, his movements, like uh, I think it looks best. I think out of everything I've seen of his, it looks fucking awesome. I Definitely really, really my favorite
3: it. Carpenter score uh, by far. Wow. The
4: score is fantastic. And the, the effects of the car uncrumpling it still all that still looks
3: shit. so awesome. So good. So good.
4: Yeah. I, so I really liked that. Um, uh, the, the, you know, I, I always got to watch these generic Diane Keaton movies for some oh, reason Jesus. I'm compelled to do that. And I watched because I said so from 2007, oh, no. this is one you guys can skip. I know you guys were like, you know, making careful lists of which Diane Keaton movies to watch and what's Diane Keaton movies not to watch. Don't watch oh. because I said so despite <laughs> having Mandy Moore and it, it was not that great. Oh, <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Shocking. I watched this really weird movie from last year called the kid detective. You guys heard of this movie? The Kid Detective. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It sounds like a family film, but it's this weird black comedy because what it is, the premise is like, you know, your classic like encyclopedia Brown, like kid, kid detective but he's 35 now he lives in the same town he's like washed up he's like you know he still has like on the wall all the fucking pictures of, from the newspapers of the things he did when he was a kid he still gets free ice cream for life from the guy who you know, from the ice cream man who like he saved blah 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 but now the guy's all resentful of every time he gives him the ice cream um but so it's <laughs> it's funny but it's also like it's dealing with like murder and um like kidnapping and like some really heavy shit it kind of reminded me of brick uh ryan johnson's brick Ooh, in some ways it was actually like classic yeah, it was actually really weird. Like it was, but good. Like it was just like just a really weird, uneven tone, but in a good way because it was like funny, but but like dealing with some heavy shit. So, um yeah. Kid Detective, I really I, I like that one and um, starring Adam Brody, who uh, I like also, who hasn't done that much, but not
2: to be confused dead. with Adrian Brody.
4: Not to be confused with Adrian Brody. No. Um, I watched Freaky from last year, also, which they clearly wanted to call it Freaky Friday the Thirteenth, but they couldn't get the licensing <laughs> figured out. Anybody else see this movie with Vince Vaughn? Uh, no, I heard good things though. Oh, uh, you can, you, yeah, are not going to hear good things from me. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> really? I mean, as far as premises go, like it's an interesting premise to mix Freaky Friday. It's a, it's a mashup between Freaky Friday and Friday the Thirteenth. Like a serial killer and a little girl get swapped, right? Hmm. um. um and that's it. That There you go. That That's it. Does that sound interesting to you? Because it, it probably could have been done in like 20 minutes because like it's really just dragged out and Vince Vaughn is like, it's a lot of him pretending to be a teenage girl, which is not as funny wow. as it sounds. Wow. Um, oh, yeah, it, sounds I, cool I don't know. Just, it really yeah, it was kind of a grind to get through. I, 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 I wasn't really into it. Yeah. Um, I got my, huh. Nick, my, got my Nick Cage dose with It Could Happen <laughs> to You from 1994. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but, but the one I'll recommend, mm-hmm. the, the big the big thing I watched, I, I sent you guys a picture of me in emotional distress. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yes. uh, I watched this documentary for Shudder called "Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street in 2019. <laughs> you seen it, Eric? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. You watched watch it too, Donnie? Yeah.
1: yeah what did you guys <laughs> think? Yeah. Didn't care for it? Nah, I didn't, no. Yeah, I, I
4: don't blame you, I think it starts off extremely rocky, like the first, it's like an hour and a half long, I think, in the first half hour, 40 minutes, is like, this guy sucks, this is the worst narrator I've ever heard, like, literally the worst narration I think I've ever heard in a documentary, uh, and, and the, I don't know that the guy sucks, but he's like, you know, he's kind of a washed up movie star, and kind of like, you know, got like you know, it's like talking about a and movie star is like that's a stretch. You know, that's a big stretch. You're you're a C movie horror star. But like, um, but by the end of the movie, I was I was really into it. I like his journey and like watching him kind of come to grips with like the narrative that he had constructed for himself that was partly based in fact and partly based in like his own like dealing with shit. And again, speaking of like contextualizing the time, like it all takes like it's really contextualizes 1985 in a big way because this movie, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 came out like right after Rock Hudson died and America collectively went, ah, AIDS. Um when they when kind of there was a period where like they were starting to maybe like be okay with bisexuality and homosexuality like in the late 70s and early 80s. But once like AIDS came on the scene, like you know, it was just it was like a it was like a witch hunt it was fucking red scare or lavender scare all over again and um so it was really fascinating to watch like uh what what this guy went through and and like the the, the ways that he kind of came to terms with what had happened to him and what was actually his choices that he had had a hard time accepting the consequences of so i, I liked it a lot but I, I can't understand people not liking it at the same time um so yeah those are those are the movies i watched A lot of (laughs)
2: everybody's gearing up for the Saints of Bozo Fest, all right. Eric Brand from Griffith, Indiana. What the hell did you watch?
3: I finally finished all 12 seasons of Murder She Wrote on DVD and I started (laughs) them in January. I finally finished them. Literally, the final I gotta call somebody or send out an email because the final episode is literally the exact same plot of Knives Out, the Ryan Johnson film. It's like beat for beat for beat. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, this happened too. This happened too. This happened too. We got JB Fletcher taking on the Benoit Blanc role. Like, it, it's straight plagiarism. So, as soon as this podcast is done, I'm making some phone calls because this is out of control. It's the same story. Wow. Anyway, um, that was a lot of fun. I, I checked in with The Butcher's Wife, Mike, Demi Moore, Jeff Daniels comedy, oh. 1991. I dug it. Not I funny. dug the film. Yeah. I, I liked it. I, I, I thought it was smartly written and cute. Demi Moore by far the worst southern accent in any film by any actor ever. Like I don't I don't understand how on day one they were just like all right cut. I, I, I see what you're going for, but it's it's not working out. We <laughs> get just just be from New Jersey because I don't know what the fuck this is, but uh, I I like the picture. Um, yeah, I took another look at Birdman. I haven't seen it since 2014 when I walked out of the theater blown away. Uh, oh. Still good. It's still good. I, I I wasn't that you know off the charts as I was in 2014, which kind of sucked. But I, I still really still better than
2: it, Inherent you know. Vice came out the same year.
3: Anything is anything, everything. Is. everything <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every, everything is better low hang
2: fruit. I call it. I don't know. It's down. so I true. Apologize.
3: You know, I haven't seen Flight of the Navigator since I was like five years old when I would watch <laughs> it like every day. But so I was going in on Disney Plus like kind of forgetting everything that had, I remember like the little creature, like, ah, like the little co-pilot fucking <laughs> thing. Yeah. But like, that's all I remembered. And you know, uh, this was, it was fun. And like, I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, Christ, like this plot is straight up scary. Like the danger that this kid is put in, like in that first hour is like straight up, really like fucking terrifying. I'm thinking like, if you took like any of these horror movies that come out nowadays and just like change, like the main character to a kid, and have it be like, just be a kid's movie, like. It, it, I think you could have some like awesome modern day kids movies because they're neutered nowadays. And back in the 80s, like these kids were in serious danger, and, and this was a lot of fun. I, I loved it. I'm I'm glad I revisited
4: it. Wait, you're saying horror movies are neutered these days? And like kids' gotta, movies. Kids oh, movies kids are movies. neutered. Yeah, the kids Oh, are I, I thought you were saying, scary. Horror, like you like there should be like kids' movies. Like I'm trying to imagine midsummer
3: redone as like a kids' movie. I was very confused. Oh, absolutely that's that is part of my point. Like if you take <laughs> Midsummer and you know, first of all, cut an hour and a half out so you have a good movie. So it's, also so it's
4: 20 minutes long. What the fuck is the point of that?
3: So also make the main character a kid and have it a kid be going to this festival. And and it would be so much scarier through the lens of this kid's because I don't care about some like dipshit 30 year old guy most of the time. I don't know. It's just something to consider. If you want to make good kids movies again that are scary, take a really scary premise and put a kid in the in the uh Uh, forefront um yeah what the fuck i watched a shitload of movies sudden fear 1952 joan crawford jack palance fucking great thriller old school thriller so i took a look at i watched a lot of foreign horror this new netflix film blood red sky you seen it donnie travis no i thought you were going to see a classic
4: horror story i watched that in the italian horror movie i watched that did you uh, recently i meant yeah blood red sky yeah uh, where's it from
3: So, I it, it it's it's German. So I, I what did you think, Donnie? I I liked it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, dug I it too. It like that first like that first half hour, I was sitting there like, "Christ, this is the best vampire movie I've seen since Only Lovers Left Alive." It it gets a little exhausting. They kind of run out of things to do in that last like 30 minutes, maybe yeah. even 40, but that like that first half hour is like, "Fuck, this is straight awesome." So I recommend giving it a look on Netflix. Um,
2: Fire in the sky.
3: Not Fire that also a great film. Yeah, uh DB Sweeney. Right. DB yeah. Sweeney, Peter Bird.
2: Anytime I get DB Sweeney. Oh yeah, I'm always B. getting
3: DB Sweeney. D- <laughs> now available on video and DB Sweeney. That's the old joke. <laughs> so, In Fabric, I finally got around to a Russian horror film uh from Peter Strickland about the, the uh haunted dress. You seen In Fabric? It's fucking off the charts. Definitely not. Haunted oh, dress. Hands. All right, so just okay. when you thought they ran out of ideas, haunted dress films called in fabric from Russia. I Did dug they it. do
2: that in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies?
3: I cashed out after Dead Man's Chest when I fell yeah. asleep
2: in theaters, Mike. Yeah. I don't okay, know if I made I'm it past saying. the second one of those.
1: Yeah. Oh, Likewise. Donnie, Fresh. you're missing out, man. You got to fire up
2: the entire series. I think there's six of them now. Let <laughs> Why are you singing, Donnie? We
4: all
3: three just said that they sucked and we stopped watching them. <laughs> don't recommend them. Yeah. Why <laughs> Don't recommend. I will Watch recommend that, uh, 2016 Fury of the Demon. It's one of these like pseudo documentaries. Uh, uh, like it's not real, but like the documentary makes it seem like it was a real story. It's another one of those like haunted film movies. Like oh, did you hear about this cursed, supposed cursed film? But I like the way they did it. It's a French film. And you know, it's talking head format mixed with like this cool footage and really gets into the silent era. I liked it if you're into that uh sort of like historical horror type of stuff, even if it's fiction. So yeah, Fury of the Demon. That's about it.
2: Demon Knight. Should fire that one up Demon too. Knight. Travis watched that a while ago. I love it. Demon Knight. Demon Bordello of yeah. Blood. It's been a while. Uh, where do you yeah. go? Donnie Bordello of Blood or Demon Knight? Oh, <laughs> come on. Oh
1: man. I gotta choose. <laughs> is there, I mean, to is me, there's there a choice. Yeah, thought a, that was a, a joke. Clear and obvious choice. <laughs>
4: we, I guess we got Bordello, a blood fan on our hands here. Are you a big Dennis Miller guy? Is that what it is? Are you a big Dennis Miller guy? Hey, he's
1: good in the net. <laughs> but, you you know what? Yeah, Monday, his his stint on uh, Monday Night Football ruined it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How did
4: that Award turned uh, performance in Joe
1: Dirt was uh, that's kept, what I yeah. I
2: you're never gonna let that yeah but you're probably not a big fan of his radio work i would assume Mm, no
1: is
2: i i think Dennis miller was a super funny dude back in the day and even a really funny dude can go bad uh or go sour i guess he's not funny anymore you know it's not fun he was real to me he was the definitive definitive snl news dude he really for me he was he really was was. i was i was a 10 yeah. years old to 11 years old. And he was so good at it. I loved it. And I am out of here. I liked it. I liked the <laughs> stick. Wow. Anyways, this is not about oh. SNL. This is about movies. It's a I podcast. And for this week, I really got like, I got no movies to offer. I just, yeah. uh, I watched the doc twice. Like I said, Woodstock 99. <laughs> and then I watched the actual Woodstock 99 pay-per-view.
5: <laughs>
2: you watched? Well, like, right? Wow. It, it's a three hour, uh, it's a three. Yeah, yeah well, check it out, Nick. Uh, probably not too soon. Uh, Woodstock 99 pay per view is packaged into a two hour and 37 minute of like piecemeal viewings of all the different bands. And, titties, and A lot of titties. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. just said it. Mud I'm slide gonna, titties. That's all it is. It's, not mud. it's like, Turns hey, out it's not mud. let's go one song. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> it's shit. It's yeah. a lot of shit. It's I can't tell shit. which was more gross. Was it the scene from this documentary with the porta potties? Or was it Slumdog Millionaire? I don't know which one was worse. They're both well, really. Slumdog's horrible. fiction, so there you go. <laughs> they did such a good job with the poop. It was just like, oh god, it was so gross. Anyways, uh, mm. so that watching the the Woodstock '99 actual package is horrible. It's awful. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, I'm surprised. You know, no, the people were horrible, <laughs> and the pay per view was awful. So, in the end, I will tell you this: uh, I was finishing up the league, like watching all seven seasons. And I didn't mention this last time, so I finished it. It's so funny that Mark Duplass was on that show because to me he doesn't really fit in with everybody else. But like he made, he must have made so much money because it's like a, it's like a big time, it's a fairly big time comedy that ran for seven seasons. He's in every episode, and he's able to, like I said in the text thread, I just wanted to bring it up. He's probably be able to finance endless Mumblecore core movies, do whatever he wants. Creep seven, creep eight, creep nine for the rest of his life. Uh, bring him
3: on. Yeah, I'll take yeah. Like
2: all yeah, you know what? Aaron, by the way, who uh, was mentioning here with this comment earlier, he said, I only came here to do two things, chew bubblegum and watch the 9 Pod. I'm all out of bubblegum. So, Aaron, we love you. We that appreciate that. Nice. And then Russell Withers said, guys, I can't listen Russell. to the whole thing till tomorrow, but I wanted to drop the definitive top two Piper movies. Rowdy Roddy Piper, that is. They Live <laughs> and Hell Comes to Frog Town. To Frog Town. Oh, has yeah. anyone,
4: has either, any of you guys seen Hell Comes to Frog yes. Town? Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is it,
4: yeah. Is it a yeah. horror
3: movie? horrible
1: <laughs> you know, There is, is that. Yeah, there's that. There's that uh, opinion of it. Oh god, it's been eons since I've seen it. Um <laughs> oh. released the same year as uh as They Live. So, uh actually he did Oh no shit. Yeah, Piper did um uh Piper did Hell Comes to Frogtown, then he did a couple of other things and then he did They Live.
4: So it was all in the same year. It's like a flurry of acting activity
2: for Yeah, years.
1: it was probably like I think it was some WWF stuff. Well, we learned about
2: that those two in the recent WWE biographies, right, Eric? Because yeah. he like bailed well, on WWF for a minute to try to make a career out of Hollywood, but it didn't quite no. pan out, and then he came back yeah. to WWE. Oh, so so that, was, that
3: that was eighty eight, basically or eighty seven. Yeah. Vince McMahon probably, like, read this screenplay to, like, Hell Comes from Frog 2. was like, yeah, fine, go do that. It's not going to make any money. But this day, live, you're fucked if you uh, join this movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, hey, Donnie, well, give us your recs, man. You can take this in any direction you want. If you have, like, a oh. top three that people need to see or something you watched Oof. over the last month, the man. last week, the last year, go to town, my brother.
1: Oh, man. Um, I'm going to, I guess, kind of start it off as far as um, what I've kind of been watching is um well one thing i watched recently if you if you haven't seen it uh mayhem with uh steven yoon from mm-hmm. uh walking dead um yeah. i don't know of uh now you guys are mostly scholars i say mostly you know uh, uh teachers and you know all of that you guys have vocabularies just completely that boggle my mind i'm a am uh, a grunt i don't
2: uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> uh I've referred the, to myself as a bozo many times, by uh, the way.
1: So. Yeah. No, that's uh um, but yeah, mayhem is uh it's very violent, very bloody, but it's uh also deals with uh you know the trying to climb the corporate ladder. And um, you know, if you've ever been in that uh position that you can probably uh um relate to a lot of the struggles um and you know, probably some of your dreams would come true in this movie. So, um, <laughs> did yeah. you see Belko Experiment? I oh, did I watch that? It's probably been a couple of years since I've seen it. Like the, it's one of those class. You know,
4: it's one of the classic Hollywood situations. Yeah, yeah. The same movie yeah. came
1: out at the same time, so it's kind of mm-hmm. hard not to compare the two.
4: Yeah, I'm just curious if you had a had a preference I, between them. I
1: think I may have seen it. It sounds familiar.
4: Yeah, you probably. I mean, it's James Gunn. I mean, like yeah. James Gunn wrote it.
1: Um, anyway. All right, yeah. what else? Yeah, um, you know, uh, Wolfman from 1941. Uh, watched that uh, recently. I say recently, probably in the last month or so. Um, we actually used that to uh, kick off our Summer of the Wolf series, which we run. Uh, uh, we're actually doing through the end of August. Um, so, yeah, we're doing all, all werewolf movies where we're just you know, another, oh, speaking God. of. Uh, uh, werewolf movies, Wolf Cop. Have mm. seen Wolf Cop? <laughs> uh, I'm
4: I'm going to watch Wolf what? Cop, but then I'm going to come onto your show and talk about it. Awesome. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to watching. Yeah, it. Yeah, I watch it awesome. today yeah. in my excitement, but I'm like, no, oh, I want to hold back until it's closer. To oh, that. Yeah, Wolf
1: Cop <laughs> is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, bloody, violent. Um, we are absolutely into that. Obviously, we're a horror podcast, but. Um, yeah, that is kind of right up our alley. But if you haven't seen it, yeah, definitely watch it. No expectations. Of it. It's exactly what uh, what you think it would be. And then more. It's actually more. Yeah. <laughs> so.
2: The tag, the liner is Wolf Cop.
1: Here comes the fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the tagline, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and then I rounded that out with uh, uh, actually Hasbro's uh, YouTube channel uh, has uh, – GI Joe episodes from the oh, 80s. Okay. okay.
5: Yeah. I,
1: they just stream them live, like I say live. But you know, uh, you can just just back to back. They just loop it. Wow. And they, it's been looping since I think uh, March of last year. So oh, talking wolves, talking looping. Right. Oh um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another
4: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are you curious for Snake Eyes at all? Not at all. Not at all. Me neither, no. dude. No. No nope. way. Nope. Can't make me watch this movie. No. I grew um, up like you... obsessed with G.I. Joe. It was my number yes. one thing in life. I loved it more than yeah. anything.
1: Yeah. Did you have the Dude, enough... What's that? Did you have the aircraft carrier? No, uh, I
4: had the Cobra Command Center though. That was yeah. that was a big you did? deal. Yeah.
2: Well, my my brother did and I you know took it basically and used they it. They make two bozo movies that are trash, either Parted, they're broken up over two years so it's recasting and then yeah. eight years later hey let's try it snake Eyes origin story <laughs> and, and hey.
4: completely missed take ah. like, the one guy who doesn't speak and who you don't see his yeah.
3: face I mean they could have gone with anybody give us shipwreck the movie oh, yeah give me a destro <laughs> origin story
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Awesome. I want yeah. A, I want a titanium face damn it that's what I want but <laughs> yeah. uh, real quickly Donnie just reminded yeah. me and I want to speak up for this because Please do. I did watch masters of the universe revelation yeah, yeah and it so was incredible I, mean, yeah. I thought it was fantastic and it's being rating bombed yeah apparently rating bomb. because yeah. of first off it's just moronic it's short-sighted and they're not letting the whole season play out it's either five episodes was,
3: come on dude yeah, yeah. five episodes yeah i like it too it's, it just seems like it's getting attacked just for the sake of attacking, you know, the fan bases and something to fucking do on the internet for clickbait. I, I really enjoyed myself. I thought it was fun as hell.
2: So oh, did I. I tore right through it instantly. So I, I must want to stand up for it. If you haven't watched it, you've been turned off by the possible bogus ratings or yeah, reviews. Yeah, get over it. No, no. Don't let that do it. I was born in 1980. E-Man was right in my timeline, and I went right back to being a kid and watching it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, anything else, Daddy? Right. Oh, uh, no. Just uh, with, uh, me and the lady are uh, real, uh, you know, big uh, nature fans. So uh, mm-hmm. David Attenborough, Nature Docs, pretty much put him on. Just amazing. It's amazing okay. that man is still alive. <laughs> it really is. Well, I mean, you know, I mean that in the nicest way possible. Oh, yeah. I
4: mean, we yeah. lost Richard Attenborough. When, when, when did Richard Attenborough go? I feel like that was oh. recently, wasn't it? Was it a while ago?
1: I. I don't know. Nine.
4: I don't know. But the other Edinburgh is still there. kicking He's
1: 93. around. He's 93 years old, I believe. Uh, really? Still kicking around, man. Didn't Richard Edinburgh <laughs> die?
2: Yeah, he died in 2014. Yeah, so that's what it was. Okay. Hmm. It. All
1: know. right. Well, yeah, so that, that rounds me out.
4: Could do some of this, <laughs> I liked, uh, I liked uh, some of the stuff I've seen of his. Yeah.
1: Didn't he do really? uh,
4: Planet Earth or uh, Planet Earth. Life?
1: and Yeah. A lot Life. Of yeah, they there. There's actually a different one, and I I don't actually. Yeah, it is his. Uh, where they take a uh, like a, a robot look alike of uh, you know creatures. And- I I tried watching that shit. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no if, if You've seen the orangutan with the uh, song? <laughs> yes. I loved it. I loved it. I absolutely recommend what? it, man. What? I'm sorry, it.
4: I interrupted you so we, before no. you could explain it, but. Because yeah. Eric, you look confused. Like, they, they, t- they took like monkeys and like prairie dogs and whatever the fuck, and like made little robot versions of them with cameras inside them, and like dropped them off yeah. in colonies to like see, you know, like animal colonies to see how they dealt with them. And it's
3: and it's bizarre. It's this bizarre. was spearheaded by world renowned and respected Sir David Attenborough. This yeah. sounds ridiculous. It,
1: it is. It's yeah. amazing. Not,
3: not only that is like th- there's the camera in the
4: monkey the stuffed monkey or whatever and then there's like 40 million cameras around anyway.
1: So like <laughs> the best part is seeing the real orangutan um, and the robot orangutan have a sawing competition with the They're sawing tree branches. like they're yeah. sitting on the, the deck of uh, somewhere. And they're sawing tree branches, and of course this so uh, robot—it's amazing.
3: This, this guy, someone like laces Earl Grey tea with like LSD or something. What's <laughs> what going on here? It sounds oh. like a Netflix dating game.
1: Oh, hmm. so that as well. Where that. Wear monster makeup. <laughs> yes, okay. uh, Sexy beast. <laughs>
3: unbelievable. <laughs>
1: oh, oh man! Wow. In forty-eight so, hours, I'll be accepting your apology.
2: All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Richard Attenborough. There it is. There it is. Thanks for the recommendations. Donnie Richmond, joining us live and Uncensored. He's been raw and uncensored on this show. So I'm impressed so far. But now it's time to get into the mix. This is where they separate the people from the other people. It's time for Doesn't Hold Up. 1988. They Live? Directed by John Carpenter? You chose this film, Donnie. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie?
1: I do Remember about the first time I saw saw it. It was probably in the. It was on TBS, you know, where all of the <laughs> classics go to get chopped up, and uh, they show you what they want you to see. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it was uh, it was on TBS, and um, uh, I saw it, I'd seen it countless times with my, my brother. It was on uh, VHS, you know, we watched the cover off of it, um, and then you know it was. It was before you know i mean you're i was 10 10 years old like 11 12 whatever um but it was it was just you didn't really understand it but all you knew it was like <laughs> fucking roddy piper and he's kicking ass against aliens that was awesome that's all you needed to know and then you know it just it became just a favorite of mine and once you know you you get older you mature you start to pick up a little different uh you know connotations and everything it's uh it's still one of my favorites it's just you think about it differently now you know you think about it differently each time you watch it you're just like you know what shit i never realized that Hmm. shit (laughs) you know and it it kind of it changes each time you watch it but you know it's a movie i grew up with um And, you know, the brand of uh, analysis that you guys bring to to movies, uh, you know, listening to your show for, you know, uh, for a while, um, you know, I wanted to see what what each of you bring is just, even though I've seen, you know, these movies before, you guys make kind of put your own little spin and then it's you make me think differently about when like i may not agree and there's sometimes i don't i uh, was <laughs> like yeah no but uh, no you guys just you kind of bring a different perspective you know i'm just i, I like my praise thank you, you guys do thank yeah, you very you much donnie. Yeah,
2: well, we are three different human beings for sure. Note about it, especially when it comes to movies. Uh, we love movies. That's the unifying yeah. factor here. But it goes south pretty quickly from there. And i so. <laughs> <I'll say. laughs> At times, Take last at week, time. for example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, Travis Roy, take us back in time. First mm. time you ever saw they oh, live. Yeah. I'll
4: take you all the way back to the year 2020. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I okay. consider myself a pretty big John Carpenter fan, mm-hmm. but I I have to acknowledge I am very much a Johnny come lately on it. I, I have at this point seen... All of his major motion pictures that weren't made for TV, except for The Ward, that's the only one I haven't seen. But up until like a couple years ago, I had really only seen, you know, the the main ones Halloween, you know, and in and, and the mouth of madness, which I grew up on obsessed with, and the thing Big course. Trouble, you had seen more recently, too, right? Big, yeah I watched big trouble sometime in the last year for the first That's time crazy. I, watched, I watched Prince of darkness sometime in, in maybe a year ago for the first time so there's a lot of the stuff the fog even I watched for the first time I think a little over a year ago or a year ago or so so there's a lot of catching up on carpenter for me and, and and uh very intentionally so you know um and um so this is one of the during that process that I that I watched, and uh, I I did very much like it. Like I like every single one of his movies that I've watched that isn't Ghosts of Mars, and um, and I have to say, you know, having only seen it twice, once a year ago and, and or less, and the other time uh, this morning, I have to agree with Donnie's statement that I it seems to be that out of the two times that I've watched it, I got very different things both viewings, and I feel like there is, um. Yeah, I, I imagine that if I watch this in 10 years or a year or whatever, that I would get something different then, too. There's a lot going on here for being like a stupid fucking action movie from the 80s. There's like a lot going on. Um, so yeah.
2: Hello, Eric Branchram, I know, uh, you saw this one when you were a youth. No, it's been confirmed that I
3: first saw it, uh, this morning. Um, <laughs> Which I can't believe, because Travis, I mirror you, man. I always thought I was this gigantic John Carpenter man. I mean, I've even seen like his early TV movies. Someone's watching me, nineteen seventy, like five or something. But I, I, I never got around to seeing this. I think like, I, even I was a cold-hearted cynic even when I was like eight years old. And no to shit. me, this always, yeah, no shit, right? This <laughs> always just looked like a, a dumber V to me. Like I. Mm-hmm. Of that miniseries V, and I would see this. I was like, "Oh, that just looks like it's trying to be V." Like, what? They're like robots. Uh, who cares? Like, I feel like I didn't really need to see it because the, the gimmick was already laid before me. And I was yeah, like, "Yeah, hey, I think that's I-. why I didn't watch it too." The premise seemed obvious. I'm like, "Okay, I get it." Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I hot rod was my favorite wrestler, so I, I you can't forgive myself for not seeing it. But uh, yeah, this morning was it, and I'll tell you, we got a lot to talk about. Piper's pet. <laughs> yeah i love piper's pit and mike this
2: was so, the first time you watched it too right yeah so last week i alluded to i thought i'd seen it when i was a youngster but i did some thorough analysis of my files went back in all my movie <laughs> logs and it turns out i am not it feels like i've seen it because there's been a lot of lore i've read some articles about it over the last 10 years but i've never seen it you're right i had never seen this one and i guess we're all kind of the same boat here in a way not as much as eric i'm more in the travis boat I mean, Big Trouble Little China, I saw that when I was eight years old, and I've seen it 80,000 times. It's hands down my Carpenter go-to. So good. But uh, I never saw Mouth of Madness when we did that last year. That was new to me. So I don't know every Carpenter movie. And I love love Roddy Piper more now than I ever have. Before watching the movie, I just like, when I saw him on It's Always Sunny, he was so funny. And he really opened my eyes like, whoa! Look, a bucket of chestnuts so funny so stupid uh, it makes me laugh and i'm glad that uh, you chose this movie donnie because it's got carpenter got rowdy and it's got a lot of layers a lot of layers which yeah. we will discuss here but as always donnie since you are uh, familiar with the show we go back to the imdb ratings we check it out rotten tomatoes hmm. do you care to guess have you looked up the imd rating have you committed it uh, to memory because you do love this movie i do um
1: i have not no 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 um, ah.
2: I actually looked
4: this time on accident because so I was looking through uh oh, great. I Car- have Carpenter's and, uh, repertoire. And
1: uh, I'll leave it to you, Travis. Donnie, what do you think? Um, man, I'm gonna say I'm probably higher on it than most are. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: You're giving it an eight. What do you think it's rated yeah. though? Oh, what do, do you think what I rated?
4: think it's rated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think it's rated? Eight. I'm sticking <laughs> with it, man. All right, eight. It. Eight. What do you think, Mike?
2: Man of conviction. I, I think this is a six four, six three standard issue.
4: Standard issue. What do you think,
3: uh, Eric? What do you think the IMDB rating for They Live is? I think the fact that it's gained such a huge cult following has bumped up the score into maybe even the sevens. I'll say 7 oh, to be safe. 7.3. Oh, wow. Wow! Oh, yeah, this surprised. is
4: a beloved film. And I think I knew that going in too. Be, I mean, I think we probably all knew that going in. This is this obey stuff, this is so iconic. I mean, Shepard Ferry took that um yeah. and made a whole fucking career out of it. And, and the hope, uh, the hope fucking Obama uh posters are, are modeled on that, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um uh, like uh-huh. there, there's uh I mean like there's this shit is iconic, and and it's definitely seeped into our a, a, a public consciousness well before the three of us, uh, you know, besides Donny, uh, before the three of us watched
2: it. So, wow, that is, I'm taking that in. That's fascinating. That's one of the more surprising scores I've uh, I've been revealed to me. Very cool, though. That's cool. I like it. Uh eighty five percent on the thermometer for the critics. Eighty five. That's a great score. That's a really good score. Yeah, it is. And that's like. Almost like elite-level movie, not just like scary movies. It was a bomb when it
4: came out. I mean, it utterly yeah. blew at the fo- at the box office. It just was a disaster. It was number it one
2: for like two weeks,
1: and then yeah, yeah, just weeks. kind of
3: fizzled. Yeah, uh, didn't compete- make its money back. Competed against Halloween 4, ironically yeah. enough, yeah. the Carpenter franchise.
1: Yeah. Funny. I saw that.
3: But yeah, for a movie this, and let's face it, dumb, like goofy, to have that type of critic score is, uh, that's impressive <laughs> me. That's making me happy. Oh man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anybody that rates they live below a 10 can burn in yeah, hell. That's Matt, there you go. Matt hell, man, there you Uh go. <laughs> 79%. 79% from the audience. So very tight scores from the audience and critics. And as we look at the critical reviews, well, uh, a lot of positive feedback. A lot of positive. I'll throw out a splatter to kind of mix it up here because there's an overwhelming amount of red tomatoes on the screen. How about this one? This is from since I'm in Georgia. This is funny. I'm not making this up. I just stumbled upon this. Steve Newton from Georgia Straight. Steve, Steve Newton from Georgia Straight. That's what it says. Like Georgia Straight. I guess. I, I don't know. I have <laughs> I many questions. I have, I want to stop doing they live and just kind of focus on this name for the Let next it, hour. Is it a
3: sexual George Georgia yeah. publication?
4: Uh, I thought I thought we were talking about George Strait, country singer George Strait, and his, his personal it's, movie blog. <laughs>
2: Georgia, the, the state uh, it's spelled like that, anyways. Uh, Carpenter should stick to what he's good at—scaring folks—and leave the political satire to Spitting Image.
4: <laughs>
2: That's the most dated reference ever. <laughs> Can you fill us in? Because I don't even know oh, what yes. that
4: is. Spitting Image. Remember the? All right, remember the vi- music video for um, "Land of Confusion" by Genesis. The classic oh. rubber puppets that were all like very political and like ugly and like grotesque faces in the eighties are super popular for about 35 minutes or so
2: and <laughs> utterly forgotten after that. Good Lord. Okay. Wow. That's, that's something. Uh, Michael Wilmington of the LA times. The joke is in the material. The idea itself is funny and daring. And sometime soon they live suggest with grim knowing wink. The joke may be on us wow deep hard to argue right i mean right. donnie right. that's pretty spot on right yeah <laughs>
4: yeah Dude. i mean i think it's, it's worth mentioning that um carpenter calls it a documentary
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
2: that's not a joke like that's yeah there's i saw that i read that that's wild uh Here's another one from the Washington Post. There's no Destin Thompson. I'm sorry, Travis, I was really trying. I really thought we'd luck out on this one. Richard Harrington. (laughs) Richard Harrington from the Washington Post says, the plot for They Live is full of black holes? The acting is wretched. The effects are second rate. (sighs) Wow, Harrington. Uh, Yikes,
3: I mean, okay, the budget. Uh, I think could could answer this appropriately. Yeah. I think, what was it, four mil? I mean, it was just cut to shit after the, the box office bomb that was Big Trouble in Little China. In my opinion, I think he gets the right actors for the job uh, who probably accepted that minimal pay. I like the effects. I think they completely harken back in a good way, uh, sort of stuff like, you know, it came from outer space and Earth by its versus the flying saucers and all that outer limits type stuff. I, I think the effects work, and I I... Probably pretty intentional in their aesthetic, if you ask me. So, yeah, I, I
4: mean, I think that I can see people in at the time being underwhelmed by the effects. Uh, the budget clearly um, was lower than other Carpenter
3: efforts, and yeah. I, but um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're that bad for '88. Um, I dig them. I mean, do the do the uh, aliens look like? Like that shitty plastic mask you had when you were a kid, that like you like put your tongue through and cut yourself wearing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, it's all part yeah. of the, it's all part of the fun. It it yeah. doesn't pretend to be as smart as some of these, I think, uh, elite critics are are condemning it for. It, it knows how you know silly it is. So,
2: yeah. yeah, I mean, the whole thing was kind of shit on there in that last review. Uh, Donnie, how do you react to some of that? I mean, what is it that really stands out to you in this movie? And you start to think about, man. Reason I love this movie is very specifically because of a, or is it a trifecta of many different things? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's, it's give so us what many. you got, because that guy just crapped on your movie. You love, yeah. <laughs> there's there's so many things. I mean, for me, like uh, you know, ten year old me looking at it I was like, fuck yeah, Roddy Piper, I'm like fuck yeah, Aliens, you know, fuck yeah, shotgun. I love bubblegum too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, uh, uh, but no, it's just like. Like we mentioned earlier you know it, it has layers to it and you know the more that i matured um you know as a as, you know just growing up uh watch it and get something new every time yeah um, well give, give me one give me a layer oh man like you know you're talking uh, subliminal messaging um I didn't know what that shit was when I was eight. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Put these glasses on, yeah. It's just like uh, 3D, you know. You fucking, <laughs> you know, you see different shit. Just you know, but um, you know, uh, it's just so much to it, man. Yeah,
3: yeah, very complex. Uh, yeah. So, what changed between your first and second viewing in the past year, Travis? Can you give us a little nugget? Um, mostly the, um, uh, my appreciation
4: for the satire, cause I was a little more focused on just like the action element of it the first time. Like, it's almost like, you know, like predator or something like that, but that with all this, like satirical elements going on behind it. Um so, so that was part of it, but also I really appreciated the structure of it a lot more this time. Um the this really clearly de- delineated first, second, and third acts here. Mm-hmm. And I and I really love that first act, like him like kind of like coming into town and like going to the shanty town and like kind of like you're not really sure like if the resistance that he's stumbles across like are they the good guys are they the bad guys like um i really like you know the the mystery being unfolded yeah. in that first yeah. half hour so i, I so i really appreciate the way that was done um and admittedly the first <laughs> all right yeah. I, i'm a little embarrassed to admit this especially you know to all these Thank rowdy God. rowdy piper fans but, <laughs> and people that are Clearly, like, big fans of this movie, like like Donnie, grew up with it. But the first time I watched it a year ago, I'm like, when the fuck does this fight scene end? What <laughs> no, is, is happening here? There it is. But it's this legend. time, I loved the fight scene. I was not – I was like, just keep it going. That's fine. Just keep going. Yeah, yeah. go get Keith David from the back now. He thinks it's over. It's not over. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so there was – I had a lot more uh, enjoyment, uh, which I enjoyed the first time I watched it. But So I enjoyed it, like, on a visceral level. And like on a
3: political level, more. The first act is is it's my favorite. That first like twenty five minute chunk it, it reminds me a lot of like the old Man with No Name films, Sergio Leone films. You got this drifter mm-hmm. that comes into town. He's this strong, silent type, and he's unraveling this mystery, like you said. And it's really involving up until he sees the alien uh, at probably a thirty minute mark or so. <laughs> I think exactly. it's like I, I, I'm like thinking this is like a really smart, well crafted brilliant film things start getting goofy in a fun way but I think that first chunk is the smartest
2: why why did Keith David get matched up So well, he does this movie in 88 and then he does uh marked for death he does one of those Seagal movies where he gets matched <laughs> up as his buddy They're like two men against the world Yeah, Mark, brief typecasting there for Keith David not cool um uh, I will tell you this though Roddy Piper's WWF persona it's it, it's unfair because he'd done so much in there by the time he did this film. I feel like certain people dismiss it instantly. I mean, the people who love the movie love the yeah, movie. And I did.
3: I did. I was like, uh, this isn't Kurt Russell, who the fuck is? This? Oh, Roddy <laughs> Piper, this guy can't act. I dismissed it. That's why I never and didn't watch it.
2: But they wanted him because he was like a masculine, wasn't like your, necessarily your thinking man's, or even like a cool dude. He, he was just like a straight buff, long-haired mullet-type dude, like the construction rugged, worker-type, blue-collar worker yeah. guy. Carpenter said
3: that, uh, John Carpenter said he had life written all over him, was the quote. He's this working-class athlete who you can tell just by the landscape of his face. he put his time in. He represents the ethos of the, the every man. Someone like Kurt Russell just would have been to Hollywood. It would have been a little bit more difficult to engage with him as just this you or me type character, not a... It, it, admittedly, I mean, like, so... so I,
4: I love a lot of the one liners, but some of them are, uh, you know, like he kind of struggles to get them out in a believable uh, fashion. And that's, ne- that's not necessarily even his fault. When you have to sit there and look a man in the eye and say, life's a bitch and it's at heat again, like, you know, like
3: yeah.
4: it's, it's kind of hard to say that with conviction.
3: Yeah. I mean, even the famous line about the bubblegum, gum. Uh, he he doesn't. I get that he's out of it, but he doesn't even chew it in the beginning. It's just like clearly ripped out of his journal from his wrestling days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Either put on those glasses or start using start like, eating <laughs> that <laughs> trash <stress.
4: laughs> can. Laugh
3: out loud, there he uh,
5: I, I got to ta- if we're talking laugh
4: out loud lines. Though my favorite line in the movie that makes me laugh the hardest is Gloria. You look like shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a good one yeah
4: in stitches
2: so uh you know donnie's alluded to this too but this is clearly when it comes out can't be ignored and but that doesn't mean it's stuck in that time period this is a permanent kind of oh, yeah. peace offering it literally says uh, i article i read where john carpenter's talking about this the documentary that mm-hmm. you mentioned or no you said that it sounded travis that it's, he said it's a documentary essentially to him yeah. but he sounds like Bernie Sanders in this article I was reading, like the stuff he was saying, he sounded like a guy before his time going up against Reagan. Cause this comes out in 88 oh, Reagan's last year transitioning into another four years of basically mm-hmm. Reagan with George, whatever Bush.
4: <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I, I read that, that interview too. And um, one of the things that really fascinates me about this, that, that makes the movie so timeless is that, you know, Carpenter says that the movie's about unfettered capitalism and the dangers mm-hmm. of capitalism just run amok. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's a timeless thing. You know, wealth disparity, that's still very much an issue. But what when, it, yeah. when Rowdy Roddy Piper went on uh, Infowars in 2013, we <laughs> oh, um, talked about, they live, and how it, you know, it talks about, you know, it's a reference to the New World Order, whatever the fuck that is.
2: Alex and Jones' favorite movie of all time. Uh, Alex
4: Jones' favorite movie of all time. And
2: uh, Rowdy Roddy
4: Piper was a big fan of, of Infowars, And, um, you know, he talks about, uh, I watched about as much of that interview as I could stomach, which is about 20 <laughs> minutes of it or so. You know, wow. And, and yeah, it took some work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper, like, so... I think that people could take this movie and like, you could fixate on the, um, like, the anti rich angle, like, or you could fixate on like the anti media angle. And I think you could, could really run in two different directions in your ideology with how you feel about it. Because, like, if you're if you're like concerned about wealth disparity, you're gonna probably go more towards what John Carpenter was aiming at. But if you're more concerned about the subliminal messaging and and elite powers that are running things from behind the scenes, then it starts to become very fucking lizard people conspiracy theory, mm. like mm. globalist bullshit.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Also, right wingers took this, Alex Jones, you just mentioned in Roddy Piper's interview, and then it had to be responded to by Carpenter in like 2015-ish. He said, this is not anti, people said this was a, oh. uh, anti-Semitic proper- propaganda yeah. too, and they started to to co-opt it, and he had to re-clarify like, you guys are j- dipshits, you're Nazis, if you're neo-Nazis, anybody right wingers trying to adopt this, you're missing the message. And the fact that there's Really not an ideology if you start to look at it in a sense. It's it's kind of like just an, here's what's going on. It doesn't have to be. It gets co-opted, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, Donnie, I'm curious what you think of that.
3: You've blown his mind. He's
1: yeah, I mean, It's the vocabulary, man. The the you know the, uh, the word usage. I'm just like, I'm a layman, man. I'm a grunt you know i'm, um, I'm, you guys, a, but... I'm a doofus, I'm a doofus. <laughs> trust me
2: uh,
5: i mean
1: nah, you say I,
2: there's layers you you've said this three times yeah. there's layers to this movie and this is another one of those layers is like this reality versus what you see what you don't see yeah also clash structures being separated so yeah. i'm curious yeah you, you see know
1: that. it's just i mean everything everything you said i i don't I don't know if I can actually add anything anything to that but i did i did uh like I saw the the tweet that uh because uh, I, I think he responded on Twitter he's saying a bunch of jerk offs you know this isn't <laughs> it's not what it is he probably didn't use that but uh um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> can, you hit you know, the nail on the head. I
3: yeah. can't let carpenter off the hook i mean i I saw the interviews about this unrestrained capitalism and it's the eighties mm-hmm. and yeah. we're talking about about a guy who a, made a fortune off, uh, you know, mass marketing Hollywood films and eventually sold pretty much his entire catalog and remake rights for what he'll tell you is just the money. Like these days, he's just like, oh, money, money, money. I'll, I'll do anything for a buck. Just uh, put me on as a producer. And a lot of people are a little bit disappointed with that uh, that, that reverse on anti-establishment.
4: Well I mean, uh, but I mean think about it, like again like to like to contextualize it you're at the very very end of the Reagan administration very um so put put that into it and then take into account that like this is a guy that the first big breakthrough movie that he had Halloween he got yeah. fucked on and wasn't and didn't make nearly the money that he was supposed to To the point that to the point that he wrote the script for Halloween 2 just so he could get paid for what he deserved <laughs> for Halloween 1 so like he already, so he like he enters like the public consciousness or like the you know, like the the public arena I should say with kind of a chip on his shoulder and yeah. uh, and then makes a very imaginative movie that becomes a classic, and it's destroyed by critics, The Thing. He makes another mm-hmm. imaginative, move, imaginative movie that has extremely become a cult classic and gets destroyed by by the critics with um, a Big Trouble in Little China. And then after that, he's having a hard time making a movie. He's having a hard time getting the funding for it. I think it makes sense for him to be a little frustrated with <laughs> the way that finances control things and art <laughs> and
2: that kind of stuff at that point in his life. And anyway, he oh, directed Christine, thought. too. All those movies. Like Christine, The Thing and fog. big trouble like I, Fuck yeah elvis he, yeah that's a bad stretch where like he's also he associates himself with Stephen king he tries to do right by other people i don't i also want to ask you this travis because you can speak to this very clearly in a, a little piece where he was asked why did you do this movie he said because nobody else was standing up to reagan in hollywood oh, now boy. that is a oh, that is an interesting phrase, a loaded phrase. Uh, there are tons of, <laughs> there's tons of Wall Street secret to my success, like 80s uh,
5: uh, fast
2: yep. business shit everywhere. Yep. But I also think there was a lot of quality movies made in the 80s that had something to say that weren't right winger or they weren't like pro Reagan agenda by any means. Sure.
4: Oh, I, I agree completely. And and as much as I love love John Carpenter, that chip on his shoulder that's always been there. And gives him you know sometimes he kind of goes out on these limbs when he talks about his own legacy that are a little <laughs> uh, a little more generous than probably you know is, is fair because he's been not properly appreciated for so long but like at this point people are pretty much embracing his entire career so it's like you can you can stop but uh, I do think that uh, there's really interesting things going on um, with the fact that anyone could take this movie and put the sunglasses on themselves and see whatever, you know, whatever they want. Um, this, this, you, this could conform to whatever conspiracy thinking bullshit you've got, wh- whether it be an actual conspiracy, you know, if you believe in bullshit or if you believe in like acknowledged reality of like real conspiracies that have taken place, um, this yep. can, this can like, you can use this to bolster your, your mindset either way. And, and mm. that's, and it's kind of a, it's almost dangerous in that respect, <laughs> you know. It's uh, it's yeah.
1: almost risky. You know, it's uh, the- actually, <laughs> to uh, kind of piggyback off of uh, off of that, something I was uh, reading uh, about the the fight scene. Something, uh, <laughs> <laughs> somebody, someone was saying that the uh, the fight scene is like a metaphor for how hard it is to wake people up.
3: Oh God, and, yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's six it's six yeah. minutes of back and forth. I mean, when my brother and I try to go back and forth on any political issue, it's like sixteen minutes. So <laughs> oh, no. yeah, it's it's that stubbornness, it's that, you know, you literally have to Beat the shit out of someone, maybe emotionally or yeah. or with with facts or or anything to get your point across. like Does it, it take not. five
4: knees to the nuts to to get
3: your point across, no. dude? And, and two <laughs> and two suplexes. You got to get those wrestling moves in. But I mean, I, I I I loved the fight sequence. Like, does it bother me that it was longer than like the climax of the film? Yeah, but it, it's also giving the audience what they came there for. I mean, this yeah. is a this is a working class filmmaker that says. I know people are going to be pissed if I don't get those suplexes in there. So he gives it to him. What's funny though, is that, you know, that like there are millions,
4: well, maybe not millions, but probably thousands of, of latter day Carpenter fans, people in their twenties now that have come to that movie like, Oh, it's a John Carpenter film. And they're like, they have no idea that Rowdy Roddy Piper is a professional wrestler. Like, where it's, that was—that's if you don't know that, that's going to feel like a very, very strange scene to you.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, talking a little bit just about about Frank, I love did he cast David Keith in here? I mean, he's taking David, on, he's taking on um, Keith David, Keith David. Uh, there we <laughs> go again. We always confuse him. Um, he's taking on you know Reaganomics in the eighties, and he brings in a, a black character. Who, uh, you know, in the '80s, we even have our own president disenfranchising them and insulting them, in his own, in his own words, you know, welfare queen comes up quite a bit. But you, you have this character have the opportunity to kind of fight back at this system. Uh, I think he misses a opportunity to have any female, maybe even the Meg Foster character, uh, maybe turn and do some good in the story to show. You know, the the plight of females in the 80s, especially even minority females, considering the welfare queen comment from Reagan. uh, He doesn't really go in that direction with the female uh, input, but he puts all these homeless people to work on the set. Remember all the the people in that camp? They're all employed. So he's doling out so much opportunity in what is essentially kind of a grindhouse schlock film. One of the things I... Oh,
2: sorry. Uh, Meg Foster, Evil Lynn in Master of the Universe, the movie. Uh, You know the
3: fun fact, don't you? They spent all this time on the Evil Lynn contacts
5: (laughs) and everyone is
3: like, what the fuck are we doing? She's got the most insane eyes of any actor that's ever lived. Like, She looks so much cooler (laughs) without the contacts. (laughs) I
4: find her eyes so distracting. I cannot watch any Meg Foster movie. Those fucking eyes are like like, bullshit. I hate your eyes. (laughs) Close. Wow. <laughs> can't uh, can't your uh, you
3: oh, yeah. lines.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um uh one of the things I, I like about the movie, about the John Nada character that Rowdy Rowdy Piper plays, yeah, is that he's a patriot. He's he says yeah. in the beginning, like I I, I believe in America, I yep. follow the rules, like. You know, we might be going through some rough times, but everyone has rough times. And as soon, like the moment he's confronted (laughs) with like this reality, like he's like his ideology is adjusted. Like he, he instantaneously like this is what I must do. I will take action, even if it's like clumsily, clumsily. Thought out action like like it's a really bad idea to tell uh, the lady in the grocery store oh like hey I see idea. your ugly face and like these glasses help me do it like mm. like
3: what are you doing dude don't you uh, recognize
4: that you're uh, endangering that's yourself
3: one in a succession of stupid choices like uh, okay this uh, I'm a first time viewer so I can come in yeah. here and offer these types of opinions without getting too shit on but his plan what what the fuck is was his was his plan like find out that we've got these like uh, monsters and not really like question it. Maybe go back to uh, the 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 um you know the church or whatever. And be like, what the fuck is going on? I'm in on it. How can we stop them? Immediately get an Arsenal and start blowing people away. <laughs> well, he says that the glasses make you high.
4: Like and, and, yeah. and, and there's, there's a hard people. come down from it, so I think I think that like he's not thinking straight when he first puts them on and uh, gets the sh- and, like he kills cops in broad daylight. He uh, grabs uh, a shotgun to start shooting up people, which you know every movie from the eighties oh to nineties has a shoot em up scene like in public like this is just it's, it's like, so different. It's like now.
3: if I like accidentally go to like a Snapchat app even if I don't know what it is and like start seeing people as like cheetah monsters, I start killing them because I think they're evil aliens. <laughs> yeah, he he did not um.
4: Second guess the technology behind like no. and that, that to me is actually one of the interesting things about the movies that you i think you could there's a way to watch this movie where they're insane it's collective insanity like shared delusion uh between him and frank um and like and the other people like they are conspiracy theorists they're like we believe in the lizard people or the illuminati or whatever <laughs> and we gotta like kill the elitists and what's you know like it that whole mindset of like oh we gotta stop the elite like it drives me so fucking nuts because i I have been called the elite so many times and i'm like you fucking idiots i am poor as shit (laughs) the fact that i have a college degree does not make me the elite does not make me the man but like but everyone has like these different conceptions of what they think of as elite and like that that can become a really quick and easy way to like
3: dehumanize anybody were you paying particular attention to who was an alien and who wasn't in terms of their occupations it was largely police and rich people Yeah. I mean, I think the clerks were humans and like the regular people, but like, yeah, I, I I got a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth based on the decisions of the, of the so-called enemies.
4: While we're talking occupations though, in this, in this movie, the one occupation I wondered about the most was when they get down to like the under the, 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 the human power elite. And like all the humans are underground and they're like the, the humans that are working with the aliens and stuff. And then like, um they they talk to that one homeless guy who's now a rich guy and all that stuff he he drops off his his champagne glass with a waiter i'm like (laughs) the waiter is he a human is he an alien like if you're a human why are you working with these aliens if you are an alien why are you serving these humans this makes no sense (laughs) the one the one one occupation like you you don't belong here what's happening
3: Uh, uh, also if you're peppered all over the news for your um involvement in a huge mass murder, is your boss going to try to track you down for your back pay? <laughs> uh, well, Frank's not his boss, but I do love that Frank, when he sees him, is, how
4: many people did you kill? I don't want anything to do with you. Like, that's <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> oh, <man>. uh, <laughs> wow. That is <laughs> that's so dumb. Uh, what I think about when this movie is the meta stuff going on. And then it just being like a bozo movie. There are two ways to look at this, in a way, and maybe this is for the end when you guys make everybody makes their comments. But I'm curious because that's what Donnie said when he described the film. You love both of those things about it, right?
1: Yeah. There was actually also a time when uh, you know, if if you kind of miss the uh, the little exchange a little bit, um, you don't see them wear the sunglasses throughout the you know. Uh, throughout the rest of the movie because they switch them out with contacts, some sort of contacts, And yeah. that, that didn't really um – didn't really make a whole lot of sense but you know
4: well as a contact where it makes the least amount of sense because these guys are standing with no table in front of them and no mirror and like just putting contacts in i'm like that seems difficult oh my God.
1: <laughs> you guys ever had contacts God yeah.
4: the it, takes world, a, man. it takes a table in a mirror for me <laughs> <laughs> sounds
2: awful i'm a superhuman i have perfect vision so oh you and, want your whole uh, life don't worry uh-huh! i would tell you that that doesn't have to be both. I guess that was my point, Donnie, is these don't have to be movies can have multiple <laughs> vibes, multiple hmm. lives. They can represent more than just one thing, which I think we kind of know, but I don't always think we do. I really don't.
4: I think that it gets to partly why this movie is such a classic, is because you could be a kid like Donnie was and grow up watching it and it's just like a fun shoot 'em up. Yeah. Um, or you could yes. be a grown adult and see yeah. it for the first time and it's just a dumb shoot 'em up. Yeah, but also there's like all these extra layers, um, as, as as you mentioned, Donnie. And one more thing to kind of bolster my whole like maybe it's all a conspiracy theory in the first place thing. When 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 um, the first time that John Nada sees an alien, he, he's walking past all of the, uh, the he's in the magazine stand, right? Yeah. And he turns around, and he sees an alien for the first time. And he's standing next to a, a stack of books. There's like an Edgar Casey book. There's a book <laughs> on the Bermuda Triangle. It's like all this out there, like like, conspiracy kind of, like, fantasy shit that he's standing right. next to. And huh. so part of me is like, that's. I wonder if that that can't be an accident, you know? Like, mm. why would you... Of all the things that you would stick next to him to have this stuff, that's interesting. <laughs> huh.
1: Yeah, well, he, he, I didn't notice that. That's interesting. That's
2: a great call. Yeah, I didn't notice that at all. That's the kind of stuff... When you age to, you know, generally become wiser. So if a film can kind of grow with you throughout your lifespan, that's fucking cool. And that is... Really, 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 really difficult to intentionally do. Mm. But I wouldn't rule it out from him. I don't know. I
4: don't Not know. from him. No, no, no. I mean,
3: he's a intelligent filmmaker. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm that clear on what the aliens, like, what their purpose completely – I get that they wanted to, like, use us for resources and maybe move on, but do they yeah. – do they want to coexist? Do they want to be? They're kind of under the same subjugation as everyone else. When I Ooh, when I this, look at the film, so what what is the what is the deal here? What is this, this is apply? this is to me one of the
4: most exciting things about the, the movie okay. is, is where it goes. Is uh, when when the, again like the the formerly poor guy is explaining to them like in the basement, uh, like what's going on here? Like what they're describing is colonialism. This is fucking classic colonialism. He says we're their third world co- world country. They're they're coming here to take up our resources. When when India was occupied by the English or when any country was occupied by the English for that matter, or pretty much when any country occupies anyone. Like it's not just like the, the the colonizers go in there and just overthrow people. They go in there and they find the ruling elite or they find some group and make them collaborators. They make them profit from working with them so that they can have that intermediary to like control the population, which is so much bigger and stronger than them. Um, so they use people in there to do that. And the whole point is to extract the resources and wealth. And they tell us, and again, like we get more explanation. It's not just that we're a third world country. Their plan is they're, they, he talks about climate change in this movie. In 1988, he's talking about fluorocarbons and all this shit because they're changing mm-hmm. the climate to make it hospitable to their alien life so they can have a full mm-hmm. takeover.
1: Yeah, that's
4: Walker okay.
2: Travis. Yeah, that's. That is so true, the collaborators, cool. you don't just, yeah, you don't, this is the third thing now. So I, God, see, I was not even thinking so much from that lens. That's so cool. God, John Carpenter, the master at times, because that's how things really get done. You just don't flip a culture. You don't just turn people upside down instantly. People are not that powerful. Sure, you could have gun germs and steel, and maybe you could you know wipe out a lot of people too, but you still need people you know, even with – we talked about Last of the Mohicans, right? We talked about there was many different types of Native Americans, and some of them were with the French. Some were with the British, and we can't understand that because we're simpletons, and we don't really see a lot of movies related to that stuff. But here – yeah. He gives Any, us the benefit of the doubt, I think. and you
3: got to get. I imagine you have to have this populace learn to trust you. So uh, it reminds me of that scene where the guy's like, "Hey, how come you got promoted?" And the aliens like, "Oh, it'll happen in time." Like they probably really don't want to interact with them too much, but it's all part of that that takeover. Just that 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 building blocks you have to you have to do to get what you want. I mean, the aliens are, are are the elite, right? Like they they run everything, so they kind of also have. The most to lose, were, we're everything, we're, were to everything collapse, and I, I, I don't know if I go to another world and just take on the highest responsibilities of that planet.
4: But they have they have the the instantaneous transport to the Andromeda planet. <laughs> yeah, how does that yeah. work again? Oh, it, science fiction. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but I mean, they, they have they have an easy out if they if they if they want to leave quickly. Mm. it Looks like. Mm. Okay. Well. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. Well, Mama don't like tattletales? I, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't like tattletales.
2: Oh, a lot of good lines.
4: So many good
1: lines. <laughs> yeah, man.
2: Well, Donnie, I mean, I think we know how you feel about this, right? So it's not like there's a... Yeah,
1: actually. Uh, um, do you like um, to
2: close out your final thoughts on this film and why it's so oh, wonderful man. to you?
1: It's just... Uh, actually, I... I did want to uh, mention something. Uh, um, there's actually there's a there's a segment that uh, that I have on our our podcast. It's called uh, Crip Connections, and basically, what it is, it's sort of like um, uh, almost like six degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, except, well, for our show, uh, we use it to tie tie in the current film to past episodes of our show. Um, by any cast or crew member. Um, So actually with that, um, I did a little digging uh, through your episodes. Okay. And uh, yeah, uh, made some connections from that they they live um, with some of your previous episodes. So with that, Keith David, Keith David uh, was in your episode 12 Requiem for a dream. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yep. He's also in episode twenty-six, dead presidents.
3: That's Very right. fine actor. Right.
1: And also in episode forty-one. Oh shit! Uh, Cloud Atlas. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a true true. All right. <laughs> and also, uh, uh, the guy who played uh, one of the homeless men. Uh, rat. Yeah, George, rat. George Buck Flower. <laughs> he also played the bum in the bum. Back to the Future. That was episode. Crazy drunk uh, pedestrians. You knew I recognized him. <laughs> yep. He was also in, uh, played a bum. Uh, I think it was a bum in, uh, Escape from New York. Another, uh, uh which you guys haven't covered, but just want to throw that out there. He's, thank, he's thank I don't want to say he's typecast, but, you know, he passed in 2004. But, uh,
2: kind of sounds he, like it. I mean, no it, offense.
3: Yeah. He
1: kind of, he's, he's played lots of bums and hobos bums. and, you know, bums, uh,
3: he gets people. kind of a bum rap, though,
1: as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As far as uh, uh, other episodes go, there were, you know, a lot of uh, different uh, connections, uh, you know, double digit. We're talking 10, 11. Uh, you know, there was actually one specific episode uh, that had the most individual connections uh, to They Live. Uh, and that was episode 11. Travis alluded to it uh, earlier in in the mouth of madness. Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, John Carpenter, uh, two actors, one bit bit player, uh, but Peter Jason was also in uh, in that um, same uh, st- was it stunts. Uh, same producer, uh, Sandy King, mm-hmm. uh, assistant director, uh, DP Gary Kibbe. Alan uh, Holworth, I believe, the, hmm?
4: right? Alan Holworth is his usual yeah. musical con- contributor.
1: Yeah. Uh, I did not. I don't have him, but yeah, uh, there's that. And then um, costume designer and uh, uh, one of the camera operators. Cool. Um, so yeah, but <laughs> nice. the uh, there's one episode uh, specifically that has 19 connections
2: of ours. Jesus. Yeah. Wow.
1: Um, 16 stunt uh, crew <laughs> okay um it's got um a bit actor uh one of the sound one of the sound guys uh one of the sound crew members and you know they're crew members too craft service of course that was uh demolition man episode number yeah. 34. nice, so, nice. Uh, <laughs> So yeah i just wanted to you know (laughs) kind of tie in those those things you know kind of and you know we had a we had an episode recently where um it was one of the one of the actors was uh uh it was tied into another episode and then the other episode uh i'm sorry it was tied tied into another episode but the actor was a bit player but he, he turned out to also be connected to he was the uh, Foley artist for uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Huh. wow. Uh, the musical, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, musical movie or whatever. And you just never really know where it's gonna go. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's just something that that we do. We do on our show. Uh, but no, I just wanted to bring that you know to you guys. And uh, yeah.
4: thanks for bringing a, a, a taste of All American Spook show yeah, besides
1: man. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh-huh.
1: And, uh, that, that probably took some work too. Thank you. That's yeah, yeah, that's, yeah man, no problem.
2: That's top notch, um, man. I don't um, you even know, remember I, all our episodes. Like I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what movies have we done? What movies have we done? Yeah,
1: man. Yeah. One of the things
4: I think is interesting about this movie too is that you know, there's there's talk of the um, to kind of tie it into the other John Carpenter movies. They talk about the the Armageddon trilogy, which is the thing, Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness. But this really fits right in yeah. there. You're Absolutely. dealing with like right, like you're dealing with uh, the end of the world in a way, and you're dealing with. um like you don't know who's on which side right you don't know who's with working with who uh and the, there's like these muddled signals coming through the the television just like with yeah. Prince of Darkness there's, there's a lot of you know there's a prominently featured urban church like in Prince of Darkness mm-hmm. and, and and a prominently featured church in in the mouth of madness so there's there's a lot of carpenterian things <laughs> happening here and also I'd like to mention again that he did write this despite it being um Credited to Frank
3: Armitage, which is the same name of character that Keith David plays, and I, I think it's one of the uh, handful of Carpenter's films that could totally justify a sequel. I mean, this mm. this this is not over. This whole world is fucked now. We got a significant population, uh, the rich mainly that 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 are still involved in this ensuing conflict, even now that the curtain's been pulled back. This first yeah. installment is just about kind of the exposure, and I'd like to say, you know, get uh, uh, Piper back into action to take these motherfuckers out, because oh. the, the mindset hasn't changed of, like, half of the world. Uh, the the damage is done, and the fight is going to continue in an ideological sense. I think you're right. One of the, one of the things I really like
4: about this movie, it, it, you already talked about it Compared it to V a little bit, and I like that too. Like there's there's like this factionalism that that takes place. Like there's factionalism in the um, in the resistance. One of the things I found really interesting is like when, when they're in that church at the beginning, it's, it's it's historically black church. You kind of get that feeling with the with the um, the music that they choose, and they have a picture of Booker T. Washington on the wall and like booker t washington was all about like gradualism and like working slowly with with white society to like make gains as opposed to say like w.e.b du bois who came along after him was like no we're not doing that um and i feel like that's kind of happening in, in the resistance as well you have like some people that are like no we have to like get more people and like get more people involved and like you know Plan slowly and carefully, and then you have other people like, no, like, we gotta pick up these grenades and fucking run with them and and, and act now and like do. Um, yeah. So, so so when you talk about the possibility of a uh, okay. sequel, that is one of the things I like is that like you get the sense that it wouldn't just be like a one side and another side; it would be fucking chaos. It would be mixes mixed up. Feelings in the resistance, mixed up feelings and those are uh, in the human power elite. There's, I, I, I would actually be pretty happy to see a uh, continuation of this story.
3: Yeah,
2: I agree. Absolutely. All yeah, right. I mean,
3: for both sides. And, and this is a pretty one-sided story in terms of who the protagonists and antagonists are. But if you talk about social contract
2: and like the whole Burroughs it's thing It's way about, more complex it, than his other stuff. I, oh, it's well, yeah, it's, it's good complex, versus evil but. is a little more cut and dry in a lot of his other movies. Uh, this one's not. I, I agree with what you're saying there, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because he kind of sets, I mean, the thing in this movie have something in common because it's not clear what's going on. And, or at least people are making assumptions.
3: It, it probably um, could be if they just start distributing the sunglasses instead of doing, like, whatever they're doing at the church. Uh, <laughs> but that is the plan and making them is, is the distribution. But yeah. also, if you
4: are going to hide anything, maybe don't hide it in a garbage can in an alley. Yeah, Not, not likely little, uh, to be there
2: when you come back for it. <laughs> it's a little it's strange. Dumb. It's so dumb, but such still so much meta stuff going on unbelievable this movie could be all rolled into one and i, I don't know. i'm getting the vibe here that it's i don't know i don't know who's gonna go against this movie um yeah well um i mean donnie uh, do you want to do you want to say anything else or i mean you we know you love the movie and you yeah. talked about it yeah we you love it
1: yeah i do yeah <laughs> still
2: so you feel like it holds up
1: this, this Absolutely, is the point this is the yeah, part where we have Holds up uh on You know, as far as more so on the cerebral side that it holds up more so than, you know, all the sci-fi. I mean, I I will always enjoy it for that for separate reasons, but, you know, Mm -hmm. more so on the, you know, like I said, you know, the cerebral side, the, you know, the all just all the different layers, man, it's it still holds up.
2: On the record, there it is. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Uh, Eric Branch, let's go over to you.
3: Well, there's a few things that I, I I don't like too much. I don't. I hate that Dave, Keith David is killed off screen. I think he yeah. should have survived and maybe even been the lone survivor. It's kind of off like,
2: screen. It's like a
3: half. Reasons. It's like well, it's lashes on screen. <laughs> there, there's no um, attention, not enough attention paid to it. I, that doesn't sit well with me. Um, but okay. come on, dude. We got... Basically, a drive-in dystopian satire soaked in beer and buttered popcorn. You don't see that. It's 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 a little goofy, but it's like I said, it's not pretending that it isn't. We've got a fun, optimistic protagonist who plays by the rules and still gets screwed. Uh, there's inspired art direction, effects for the budget that still work for me. Cool score, brisk script that manages to uh, say a lot without like specifically like preaching to us. It's just fun to watch. And for 1988, we're in this time where this abundance is celebrated and Carpenter pulls the rug out. Granted, it's a year after Robocop, but before the decade even closes, he's calling bullshit. So are there some dumb plot holes, half-cocked explorations? Sure, does the social commentary rival that of Huxley or uh, Zamyatin? No, but this is super enjoyable farsighted silly and just a plain cool film holds up for sure i had a great time
2: there it is that's two for two i'll go next uh, this movie is fun but it's not fun that gets me i just love the fact that this movie is filled with so many concepts that you could dissect and once you think you got the first one broken down you could actually go another direction with it we're talking ideologies we're talking politics social strata economics so much stuff for a movie that on the surface (laughs) this is this is the kind of movie i like a lot instead of trying to shove it down your throat with like a i don't know like the good shepherd it's like here we go three and a half hours of dry dry i like the good shepherd by the way but yeah it's not this movie's not doing that but it has to me i really think in terms of how we look at how we view each other how we don't see each other how we conflict together this movie has as much to say as the good shepherd does and that's a (laughs) fucking feet it really is so movie holds up it's it's a cool movie and I'm glad that uh, it was selected all right
4: um, there's a scene towards the end of the movie where we we finally get some backstory about John Nada you know he's got the wedding ring on the whole time but you don't know what's going on with him but he starts talking about his his past a little bit he talks about his father and then Rowdy Roddy Piper very you know passionately delivers the line I ain't daddy's little boy no more <laughs> And, uh, you know, that, like, that, <laughs> that line, like, the, the, the movie's filled with lines like that, whether you could laugh at them or with them, you know, um, this movie's campy as fuck. I mean, this movie's campy as fuck. You got a big mullet, uh, Ray-Ban shades, like, it's just, it's just, it's, a, it's a camp fest. When the movie ends, like... Rather than like being like our heroes are dead, like it's like hey one more shot to like throw in let's name drop George Romero and and John Carpenter real quick and let's let's get some one last opportunity for some comedy and some titties like that's like how like <laughs> this, this is that's how the movie ends but yeah. at the same time. As you guys have and we've all kind of stressed like there's a, some really cerebral stuff going on here. Um so I think that it's uh it's a brilliant movie to 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 have both feet so firmly planted in schlock and seriousness. And um I absolutely think it holds up um no question. Love me some John Carpenter. Thank you
3: Donnie for bringing it on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thanks a yeah. lot man. Appreciate it. And thank well, you for coming yeah. on.
2: Yeah. Oh. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate Donnie's. it. Thanks awesome dude and nothing has surprised me more I feel like on the show possibly at the very least that's you're you're prepared to not like it (laughs) yeah uh well I was prepared to be like this is dumb as hell and that's fine but like from a critical lens that we sometimes look at I was yeah ready to dismiss it but no. no 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 probably like donnie, the least thank you for that probably
4: the least good carpenter score that weird kind of like eight bar oh, yeah, thing yeah. going on yeah it's
2: like the least good <sighs> in a week so score. many good scores yeah. from him that's oh my god way yeah. down the list i, I would yeah. agree with that uh, yeah. we, that's why we hardly mention i think okay. and that was a perfect way to just mention it one time uh donnie all american spook yeah. show yeah man. follow the show connect with the show what's coming up next on the next episode
1: uh next episode let's see we have uh history no actually the very next episode is because we started doing uh, episodes three times a week, uh, so wow. we, yeah, yeah. Uh, busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're uh, we remain busy, um, but yeah, we're we do a Patreon show, uh, which is all exclusive content. Uh, we do a YouTube uh, show. It's Deadline Horror News, uh, where we just we read uh, the horror news for uh, the week. You know, just some selections. We we uh, run down was you know uh this week or uh the next weekend's um fan conventions you know stuff like that um and then we do our mini and our uh like more digestible episodes within you know about a half hour or so uh and then we do our full movie episodes um so yeah we do three times a week it's on patreon youtube and uh on our podcast as well but as far as what's coming up next i believe the next one is um, History of Werewolves, Part 4. Uh, Man, and then awesome. the following episode is uh, Ginger Snaps.
3: Oh shit!
4: That's interesting. You, you know, snap. my 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 podcast before this was called A Brief History of Werewolves and other things. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's yeah. exactly what, what I mean. it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Werewolf History. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your man. Yeah. <laughs> but I am your man. I'm I'm looking forward to coming on to talk Wolf Cop with you at the end of yeah.
1: the, at the end of August, I believe. I believe it's the end of August. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that. Cool. cool. Great.
2: Well, this so, is clearly a podcast that obviously Travis knows and he's been yeah. connected with. But Eric, you should be. This is clearly something you should be connected with. Love horror. With your, Love horror. Yeah, I, I, donnie i'm not a horror guy so it's nothing personal that's uh, I'm, fine, I'm gonna man. i'm gonna check it out more because you yeah. do great work and you seem to put a lot of work into it, especially with multi-level different style of episodes going on so yeah, definitely. that's a lot for me to say for a guy who could care less about horror <laughs> i appreciate it world.
1: yeah yeah we definitely appreciate
4: it i, I do think awesome. you're right mike that, that that they live might not really be horror i mean it's more mm-hmm. sci-fi probably than horror yeah right
1: yeah you had yeah. actually mentioned that on the tease in for uh for this episode you said yeah you picked a horror movie i was like it's not a horror movie yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's okay i understand what i understand well, once stuff. we watched it yeah once well, we watched it yeah that was then... my
4: bet i think i think carpenter i think horror yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it.
1: and that's yeah that's i understand that yeah but he does fantasy too this is a fantastical yeah, of course. slash.
2: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm he with does, you there
4: dark star he's done sci-fi but yeah <laughs>
1: yay all
2: right. donnie richmond's a great all right. guy donnie donnie you guys. you're, you're uh, yeah you're with
4: your children or you're with your nephew so you can't say it but donnie yeah.
2: fucking richmond 10 dogs eight thousand yeah people uh uh, <laughs> uh all right so eight next dogs, week's show ten, uh, we'll continue forth we never give up yes. we never take a week off we grind we grind we grind until we're dead in the ground and that's fine by us because there's a lot of movies to get to Right. Yes, that's right, Nick. So, yes, uh, Travis, uh, are we headed back to your way? Where are we? I don't even know where we're Yes, we are yeah, yeah. It's, my,
4: it's my turn yeah. next. Um, I've got a choice selected and made and ready to go. I thought it would be fun to. Uh, I feel like there's some more um, directors that we've talked about, but that we, ha- you know, some pretty major heavy hitters that we haven't brought into the show because they're typically well respected and we know that their stuff is going to hold up. So I thought I'd bring in a lesser known or lesser talked about uh spike lee film and uh i'm going to take us back to 1995 we're going to talk clockers wow
2: that's what? my short call yeah. never saw that one so you never saw Clark- <laughs> yeah harvey
1: harvey Keitel, yeah. right
4: yeah yeah john troturo and, and,
3: and
1: i remember when uh, it came out
3: uh, um um uh, i'll be looking yeah. forward
1: to this one man. Yeah, that's a good one
3: all we right. talked about this quite a bit back in the Blockbuster video days, and I think it's been 25 years myself. So this should be interesting.
2: Okay, right. well, I'm looking forward to watching. I never saw it, and that's one of the few Spike Lees I've actually never seen. So, cool. Good job, buddy. You figures and i have pick, like 2002, the only you Clockers. You always right, do. Cool. You guys always get to my uh, holes, which is cool. All I want right. to watch movies I've never seen. So. I, I want to pick movies
4: that you have seen. That's part of the whole thing I'm shooting for. I can't believe you haven't seen this, but you will now.
2: I'm Unbelievable, folks. Okay, well, Nick's getting antsy. It's time to get out of here. Uh, everybody, enjoy your lives. <laughs> I see that. We hear that. A, passionate. a passionate <laughs> boy. Uh, when it's your birthday? And you're eight years old. Life's crazy. I'll yeah, tell you what, next week we'll be back with Clockers. Donnie Richmond, thank you so much. Been a pleasure. Thank Air pressure, myself. Thank you. Cinema podcast. And I'm stay. That's it.
4: I'm stay. <laughs> Guess what? See-